DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined by Father John Burns. He was ordained a priest of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee in 2010 and completed a licentiate in moral theology from the Pontifical University of Santa Croce. Father Burns is a speaker at the Franciscan University of Steubenville's annual conference. He works in multiple capacities with both the Men of Christ and Women of Christ annual conferences. Father Burns is a regular guest on Relevant Radio's The Inner Life. He works extensively with Mother Teresa's sisters, the Missionaries of Charity, and has given retreats, conferences, and spiritual direction for the sisters in Romania, Armenia, Kenya, Italy, England, Spain, and the United States. With Father John Burns, we go inside the pages of Lift Up Your Heart, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Francis de Sales, published by Ave Maria Press. Father John, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, great to be with you, Chris. I'm excited to talk about this book. Well, I am too, because, you know, we hear about so many of the mystical doctors of the church and what they have to teach us. Do we look at Francis de Sales as one of those who has the charism of wisdom? Yeah, we do. And I think uh, you're kind of getting at something that's really important there, Chris, that he's a doctor of the church. And yet we also, you know, we sort of have a clearer vision of some of the doctors of the church and what their teachings were and their contributions and I think a lot of us have heard of St. Francis de Sales, but we may not know that much about him or really even that much about his contribution, why he's a doctor. And so he brings uh, to the church and all of us who get to know him the great gift of tremendous wisdom. I mean, he's very clearly in his writings was inspired by the Holy Spirit, a wise man. But at the same time, uh, one of his unique contributions is how tremendously practical he was, that his, his work uh, really was aimed at the normal person in the world. He wasn't writing, you know, for monks and nuns and those who had given themselves over to a life of contemplation. He was doing a lot of spiritual direction as a, a diocesan bishop and a lot of work with people who, who just lived normal lives, who were busy, had a lot of obligations. And so he was always in his writings trying to help the average person who lives a normal life figure out how to bring God into everything. And that's what makes his contribution uh, so timeless, that even though you know, it's some 400 years old, some of his writings. Uh, when we read the, some of the stuff that he, he wrote and when we kind of pray with his direction, we can take him on as a spiritual director because that's really his charism, his gift, and his contribution is timeless because he understands what it is to be busy and yet to be called to a life of faith, devotion, he calls it. And we'll go into that, I'm sure, in this, in this show. But that's what I love about this, this saint is how, how useful and practical are his insights even 400 years after he first wrote them down and shared them. I love the fact that you brought him up as a spiritual director for our lives today, because, but in the practical everyday existence, there isn't the access to that one-on-one that we wish we could have. Yeah, it is hard. It's it's one we have you know not as many priests as we used to have. Perhaps uh, two, everybody's needs are a little different, and obligations are are a little more scattered perhaps today than they have been previously. And yeah, it can be a challenge to find spiritual direction. But I think a lot of the, the, the thirst for spiritual direction that we see in the church today is really a desire to be guided into deeper holiness. And there's something tremendously valuable about the one-to-one conversation with another about what's happening in our interior lives and then having someone help reflect back where they, they sense the spirit and what's going on. And that's, that's a beautiful gift, uh, one-on-one spiritual direction. But that, that more 
basic desire to have someone guide us into holiness, that's a desire that can actually be met outside of that one-to-one relationship if we can't find a good spiritual director. And, you know, DeSales uh, is one of history's most famous spiritual directors. He really was a director to his diocese, to many, many different people. He wrote all these beautiful letters to, to men and women in the world as well as to religious women. And uh, what, what's a gift about this treasury of his works is that when we are looking for that guidance, we can find so much very, very basic practical advice, as I said before, and really have him a spiritual director. And that's a part of the reason that I wrote this book is because uh, everybody's looking for that guidance. And this, this book is really supposed to be an introduction into accepting St. Francis de Sales as a spiritual guide for those of us who search. And so my hope is that it'll introduce people to what it's like to have the wisdom of a great director walking them sort of intentionally into a life of holiness. We're talking with Father John Burns about his book, Lift Up Your Heart, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Francis de Sales. This particular saint lived at a time in history where there was a mass confusion within the context of the spiritual life. And I think we have a sense of that. Maybe there's nothing new under the sun, but I mean, the challenges are there for us today as well, aren't they? Oh, yeah, of course. And I think that kind of that's some of the fun, I think, of getting to know St. Francis de Sales' biography and his life is that we recognize um, a bit of solidarity with him. You know, the culture at the time, it wasn't a secular culture, but what had turned in the culture at that time was just after the Reformation, there was a great spirit of anti-Catholicism, and many had converted to Calvinism or had just left their Catholic roots. And so as he is directing... He's discovering this real need to help other people understand and accept what it is to be a believer, what it is to to know Jesus, and what it is to actually be Catholic. And so as we accept the guidance of St. Francis de Sales, we're receiving the guidance of one who lived in an age where Catholicism wasn't popular. And really, we find that today so much. I mean, just look around the world. I don't have to go through the list of examples of how often we find difficulty in being Catholics. But that's sort of the, the joy, I think, of, of seeing the time that St. Francis Sales lived in, is that uh, he understands what it is to be a Catholic at a time when it's not easy to be a Catholic, and not to get mad about that or angry, uh, but rather to just keep on pressing the truth outward, falling back on the conviction that Jesus Christ is the, is the Son of God, he's true to his word, he loves us, and just pressing upon those fundamentals that ultimately are triumphant. It's not our work of winning the battle, it's our work of leaning on Christ and letting him show the world through us what it really is to be saved, to be loved, to be precious to the Father. Father John, you bring forward for us a tremendous spiritual classic. I would hope that in anyone's quest to deepen the relationship with Christ, that the introduction of the devout life would be a book that they would break open and enter into. And finally, this resource, this this wonderful work you've done in Lift Up Your Heart, you've helped to make that a very practical way of engaging in that work. Yeah, it's. I mean, his introduction to the devout life is uh, one of the true classics. It should be in the library of anyone and everyone who believes in God and is working on living holiness and wants to go deeper. Um, and I remember when I first came across the book, I had just entered seminary, And uh, I found in his writing uh, a little bit of difficulty getting at it because I, first off, you know, wasn't very far along the way in my journey. 
And second off, you know, he was writing 400 years ago. And so the language he uses uh, is sometimes just a little different than the, the way we're used to speaking. And so I remember praying through this introduction, the very beginning, which is what my book is based on, and saying, man, if everybody could pray through these meditations, I guarantee it would, it would change their lives. Because it, it changed my life completely, going through this 10 meditations at the beginning of the introduction to the devout life. And, but I remember thinking, we've got to find a way to make this a little more approachable for the person who, you know, isn't yet a saint, isn't yet along the way, who's just getting started. And that's what he wanted to do with the beginning of his book, Introduction. But it, because it's written so long ago, I just felt this real call to to make it accessible to the average person in the 21st century. And so um, what I did was really just take his work and wrap it in some examples and some imagery and some application that's designed to help those of us today who are just realizing it's time to go a little bit deeper uh, to help them enter into the guidance that he provides for us in that, that beginning of the introduction to the devout life. As you've stated, it was written 400 years ago. And so what he has to say is truth. It is a, a charism of wisdom. But our particular verbiage or how we look at things, it, sometimes it, it, there needs to be a, a way to make it applicable to our experience today. Yeah, totally. And, and what's, what's kind of, um, I guess, liberating about the work of doing that uh, is accepting the fact that, as you referenced before, Chris, nothing new under the sun. What we're doing in the work of direction and, and spiritual guidance and entering into the lives of the saints, we're really just accepting um, the truth that's being presented to us. It's the same truth, but it's being presented to us in a slightly different way or in a way that hopefully opens up to us uh, a bit of an approach, an access, an entry point. And DeSales, and I quote him in, in Lift Up Your Heart, he says, um, even to the, I'm going to paraphrase him, but he says, I, I'm not presenting anything new to you. He said, the work of spiritual guidance is really just taking the flowers of truth and arranging them in a different way so that those to whom you present them can accept and embrace the gift of the truth that's there. And so he said that as he wrote his book, Introduction to the Devout Life, all that I've done is sort of rearrange the flowers again. And I acknowledge that. I say, I'm, all I'm doing is taking the wisdom of the sales, which is just the wisdom of the church, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and rearranging it in a way that helps us today enter into the, the logic, the inner logic of, of what he's presented which ultimately is just the inner logic of conversion. Like his goal, and, and my goal in Lift Up Your Heart, is to help a person convert, turn their hearts away from sin and toward the Lord, and thus accept uh, the powerful gift of grace, forgiveness, and ultimately redemption that's held out to us throughout the ages. And so the fun, I guess, of writing and praying and directing is just that we're, we don't have to come up with anything creative and new. We have to help open it up, what's already there, open up that to, to the hearts of those who are willing to take the next step. And that's our purpose here in this book. He really is very cognizant of the state of lay people and the fact that they have the challenges throughout their days and creating the opportunity for that encounter. In this, it really is a spiritual exercise. Yeah, so the just to kind of maybe explain a little bit about where Lift Up Your Heart comes from and how it relates to the introduction, mm -hmm. the sales, what he was doing was writing to, as I said before, people in the world who are trying to be holy and figure out their lives. He understood that life is really busy. An average day for the average person is packed. It's full of distraction, and it's easy to forget the Lord. And what he kind of noticed is that we, you know, like on our hearts, we might have that desire to turn to the Lord. We might know our life isn't the way it should be. There needs to be some conversion, some cutting away of sin. 
but often it can be so difficult to, to get into that. We say, I know I need to change my life, but I'm also really busy. And we keep this good intention on the horizon, but never really get to it. He kind of understood, as all of us do by experience, that you can't just like wake up in the morning, flip a switch and say, okay, now I'm living a vibrant Christian life. Today, everything is different. It just takes a little more than that because we're stubborn, uh, we're forgetful, we have habits and vices, that we don't have virtues yet in place. And so what he did at the beginning of the introduction to the devout life was lay out this set of 10 meditations that are supposed to be made one per day for 10 days. And they're supposed to be made, he, ideally, in the beginning of the day so that it's something that you think about throughout the day. And so what, what he's giving to his directees and to us is a very basic structured guide for an intentional pursuit of conversion. It's a 10-day longer, longer if you stretch it out. It's, it's an extended period of time by which we walk through a set of topics, one that leads to the next, to the next, to the next, that helps us make an overall commitment to holiness, to sainthood, to conversion, to ultimately to heaven. And again, his wisdom was that takes time. That takes a lot of a practical focus of our attention. And it's also something that uh, we need to work at with the guidance of another. And so all that I did with Lift Up Your Heart is take that, that 10 unit introduction to the introduction to the about life and make it accessible in our, in our terminology today, as we kind of already said earlier in the show. Um, but, but what I love about his advice to us those of us who are busy and in the world, as he says, you know, we can't spend our whole day uh, just in front of the Lord because we have families, we have jobs, we have parishes, whatever our duties are. And so he said, if we can figure out a way to have good meditative time uh, for a little bit each day, where we reflect on the Lord, we choose an intentional set of topics to move through, like the meditations. But then he said, we know we can't stay there the whole day. And so what we do in a period of prayer, and this is so practical, not just for using Lift Up Your Heart or the introduction, but for life, said when someone's walking in a garden uh, that is filled with uh, beautiful flowers and fragrances and aromas and harmony, there's a certain peace and a joy to being in the garden. But someone who has a life and obligations knows they can't spend the whole day in the garden. They have to go back to everything else. And so what they do is they gather up at the end of their time in the garden, one, two, or three flowers to carry with them throughout the day while they go about the rest of the tasks and duties of the day. And they return to the fragrance of those flowers. They look upon them, they smell them, and they allow that to, to remind them of the joy, uh, the harmony, the peace that came from being in the garden. He applies that then to our practical meditative life. He says, our prayer time is time in the garden. And we can't stay there forever, even though we might like to some days. But at the end of our prayer, we make what he calls a spiritual bouquet. And we gather up one, two, or three graces from that time of prayer. And we carry them with us throughout the day. We return to them while we're busy, while we're distracted, while we're anxious, while we're stressed. We, we turn back upon those graces and remember the sweetness of the time with the Lord. And through that practice, we kind of weave the insights of our prayer into the whole rest of the day so that the day itself becomes filled with the consideration of God even while we're doing everything we need to do. So that's how he begins the introduction. That's what's at the heart of Lift Up Your Heart is um, a, a time of meditation every day, but then the intentional work of bringing the fruits of prayer with us so that it's not like prayer on one end of the spectrum and then life on the other, but rather we're drawing our prayer and the insights from God. We're drawing them into everything that we do so that effectively and eventually everything we do is, is leavened, if you will, or lifted up by the presence of the insights God gives to us in prayer by a love of God, and ultimately thus the call to live charity, to love God perfectly and to love our neighbor the way that we love ourselves. 
So again, that spiritual bouquet, uh, just such a very practical way to, to bring our prayer into life and to let life become sort of one hymn of praise to the Lord, even when we're busy and filled with many things that we must do. That's how we become leaven in the world, isn't it? Yeah, totally, Chris. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Now we return to Inside the Pages. I love those four encouragements or examples of how this might become manifested in your life. Yeah, that's, and that's straight from St. Francis there at the, at the, at the introduction of my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, a listing off of the ways that he suggests we begin prayer. And it, what he always said at the beginning of each of the meditations was, place yourself in the presence of God and ask God to inspire you. And he said every prayer should begin that way, that whatever wherever we're doing, and if we're not in front of the Blessed Sacrament or on retreat, if we're just sitting up in our bed in the morning, we've got a few minutes, to just place yourself in God's presence, acknowledge the presence of God, and then ask for his inspiration. So he gives these different ways of doing that, that considering the presence of God in all things, or considering God present in your heart, or uh, thinking for a moment about Christ gazing upon you from the heavens, or imagining Christ at your side as you make these prayers. Just a little tiny act, it's a couple seconds probably, but an act of intentionally realizing you're in God's presence, and then asking him for inspiration, and then moving into the topic of the meditation. And that's, yeah, it's just the kind of thing that we need, uh, especially when we struggle with knowing how to begin prayer, or with dealing with distraction in prayer. DeSales also addresses distraction in prayer very practically. And he says, look, we all get distracted. We can't make a perfect meditation every time. We have to learn how to just patiently keep on placing ourselves in the presence of God and asking for his inspiration. There are stories about him, actually, that while he was making his own meditations, he would sometimes struggle with distraction so much. Every time he was distracted, he would do that again. He'd say, I place myself, Lord, in your presence, and I ask you to inspire me. And sometimes they say he would have to do that for an entire hour, just keep repeating that over and over again because he was so distracted and he couldn't even make his way through the meditation. He spent an hour just trying to stay in the presence of God and asking for God's inspiration. So when we know a great saint struggled with meditation and prayer, it's a little bit of consolation for the rest of us who all struggle with you know, meditation and prayer to say, hey, I'm going to take his guidance, and I know it was hard for him to pray, and so if it's hard for me to pray, welcome to the game. And Lord, I just place myself in your presence and I ask you to inspire me. The beauty of this is that he is taking you on a journey. Yeah, and Chris, back to what you said at the beginning of the show here about his wisdom. Uh, 
I remember the first time I prayed through the 10 meditations, I remember thinking this is an inspired set of topics uh, because, as I referenced a little earlier, one moves into the next and builds upon the previous meditations while preparing the way for the next, you know, and the ultimate goal of life, but also of St. Francis in the meditations and lift up your heart here is to get us to understand uh, the beauty and, and the urgency of the call to heaven. But that's uh, just like conversion. That's not something we can just flip a switch and understand. Heaven's really difficult to grasp. It's a mystery. It's beyond our, our, our physical sight. And, and so it's one of these things that it takes a little bit of intentionality to enter into understanding heaven. We'll never fully understand it here on earth, but understanding it in a way that's guided by the Spirit and, and draws us to want to actually live for heaven. Behind um, the motive of putting Lift Up Your Heart together was, was really that. I remember... As a kid, and I say this in the introduction, I remember, you know, knowing and being told by the church and my family that I'm supposed to get to heaven, and that's the goal of life. But I also really remember the struggle of being like, I don't know what heaven is, and, and I'm not sure that I, I'm interested. You know, like mm-hmm. when I think of heaven, even today, I have all these images that pop into my mind of like clouds and angels and harps and pearly gates, all this stuff like from my childhood that's still kind of programmed into my brain. And this sounds kind of like a joke, but I'm sort of serious here. The idea of spending an eternity sitting on a cloud with a harp and an angel kind of humming around me is kind of creepy. Like, I don't really want to spend my eternity that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a really massive breakdown for a lot of us that we know we're supposed to get to heaven, but we have these images of heaven that are from our childhood and are not really ultimately attractive to us. And so what's the motive to really live for heaven? If we don't have that motive, we're not interested in the guidance of the church, the teachings that she gives to us about how to get there. And so this is like an urgent place of needing to correct a lot of things in the hearts of belief, believers so that we can understand our vocations and then joyously set out to pursue heaven. And that is beneath what is happening in Lift Up Your Heart, beneath what the sales is trying to help us do, which is understand heaven, commit to it, and live for it each and every single day. And to do that just takes a set of, of very intentional, sequential meditations through these topics that the sales laid out for us that, as I said before, are truly inspired by God and really unlock the heart to understand vocation, destiny, and the goodness and the love of God. It leads you to a choice. It asks you, essentially, what do you choose? Your choice to turn toward something or away. Right. The power of choice. You know, we talk so much um, in, in the secular world about freedom, you know, and, um, and the right to choose. And the, the, the reality is the power of human freedom is terrifying because we're so free that we can choose for or against the gift of God. We can choose to reject God's offer of eternal life. We have that power, which is a terrible power that we could reject the, the greatest of gifts, the call to live forever in joy. And so, yeah, building into the the ninth and the tenth meditations are both about making a choice. Uh, The ninth is about making a choice for heaven, and the tenth is about making a choice to to live for heaven every day. And there's a reverence in that, that the sales sees that God has for us, that like he created us free in his image and likeness. And so we need to make that choice in, in a deliberate and intentional understanding way to live for heaven and to do so each and every day. And again, that just takes the guidance of a period of, or a sequence of, of very intentional sets of considerations. And then at the end to say, like, I choose. That's how the sales puts it, Alexio. I choose. I choose heaven. I choose a devout life. I choose holiness each and every day. 
because now that I've considered heaven and hell, death, my own judgment, I realize what's at stake in every day. I realize that when I make little choices, if they're free choices and they're deliberate, I am either moving toward or away from the good, toward or away from God. And we begin to see that in every day there's a lot at play, a lot at stake, and a lot of great grace to be gained, but also we have a lot of power to move ourselves away from the good. And that little day-to-day battle is much more important and urgent than I think we tend to think. You know, a lot of time we leave heaven off on the horizon. We say, I'm going mm-hmm. to die someday, and I'll get it sorted out before that. But, you know, we know not the day nor the hour, and, and we're called to kind of be awake to that every day and, and really live in a state of being ready to stand in front of the Lord now. That's what the, the choice is about. The choice is to say, today I'm going to live ready to meet the Lord, and it's going to be imperfect. I'm going to seek forgiveness wherever I fail, but I'm not going to put this off any longer because I don't know when that day is going to be. It's urgent to be living for it here and now. That's why, again, the sales is so practical and helps us use our freedom to integrate all the day-to-day stuff into this ultimate goal uh, to live for heaven. These meditations are those types of things where you could chew on them, I mean, not just in a day. I mean, even if you were it, groups were to take this and do this over a course of 10 weeks. I mean, this, this is the type of thing that an RCI group, right before they even begin the studies that are so commonplace in RCI quote-unquote programs. But if you're really going to initiate people into the life of Christ, this would be the perfect vehicle to begin that, that process of entering in. I totally agree, Chris, because it's, it's about the, the heart first has to be open. You know, we can, in formation programs and parishes and, uh, and different projects we undertake, we can give all the intellectual stuff uh, and we have to, you know, utilize mm-hmm. the gift of the mind and, and open to truth. But the heart has to be willing to accept God's love, to accept the fact that we're beloved to the Lord, that our brokenness is a problem and the Lord wants to redeem it. All that has to be going on within us before uh, the exercises of the mind can really take deep root in a life that is lived in virtue and is turned back to God. And so yeah, this book sort of unlocks the heart, and then would come the study, the preparation. And as you say, you know, it could be used. I've got a, a couple of friends who are using it with groups, women's groups and men's groups, mm-hmm. just one meditation per week. They mm-hmm. pray the meditation, they come together and discuss it, and they focus on it for a whole week because they found there's so much there, even though the chapters are short. There's so much material that they haven't considered or, or integrated into a regular life in the world. And so um, it, it lays the foundation for, for true Christian living. And again, that's the sales hope and point. And yeah, it's, uh, the whole thing is just inspired by God, Chris. And it's not, mm. it's not my work. It's the sales and the Holy Spirit. And so um, it's just a joy to watch it already take root in a lot of people's hearts and people to say like, wow, I never thought about it this way. I never saw how it all connected. And I never saw how I could apply it today to what I'm doing and how my life is either moving toward or away from God throughout my day. So the hope is just to put something really practical out there. And I I like your idea of using it for RCIA, for small groups, because the wisdom of the sales, the wisdom of the spirit is timeless. And I think it's more urgently needed today than perhaps it's been for a long time because of how much we consume, as you said, how busy we are, how distracted we are, and how our temptation is just to kind of like walk through stuff and be done with them instead of, as Mary does, entering in and contemplating. You know, like if you went to an art museum and you just walked through the whole museum in an hour or two hours, however big the museum is, you got out and said, I have seen the whole museum. An artist, an appreciator of beauty would say, well, but did you, you know, enter into the works? Did you pause? Did you reflect? Did you behold the beauty? And they said, yeah, I saw all of it. But if you just walk through without pausing and entering in, it's not really worth it. And that's the same thing with meditation and prayer is if we just, if we read lift up your heart, if we read introduction to devout life, 
that's just racing through a museum and missing the beauty. We have to sit down and allow the spirit to draw us into the depths, which is, which is a contemplation of beauty that leads us to eternal truths. And that's a very challenging thing today, which is why we need these practical resources like Lift Up Your Heart and other guided meditations to help us, as you've put so well, Chris, to be like Mary, uh, who doesn't race through anything but enters in and contemplates the goodness and the truth of God. Well, Father John, boy, do I wish we had more time. But any final thoughts? Yeah, well, just to, to that point, Chris, I mean, I wrote this in front of the Blessed Sacrament completely. Um, and so I really believe it's from the Lord, and it's not my work. Um, and so it's just a, it's an invitation, I think, to the world. It's inspired by the Lord, an invitation to the world to let the light shine and to accept the guidance of, of the Church uh, and her wisdom and the saints to, to come awake again, you know, to, to convert, to turn to the Lord, and to discover the, the fullness and the vibrancy of what God wants to do in our lives. Well, Father John Burns, thank you so very, very much. You're welcome, Chris. With Father John Burns, we've gone inside the pages of A 10-Day Personal Retreat with St. Francis de Sales. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to AveMariaPress.com, the website for its publisher, Ave Maria Press, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this discussion, along with hundreds of other spiritual programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope, if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com. And join us next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors.